Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. And this is Owen. I'm Richard. And we have the famous Rob Frigg. Thanks for having me out here. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is great. You're a legend in the studio. It's, yeah. <laughs> and we don't want to uh, forget Dominic. Say hello, Dominic. Dominic's uh, here, engineering. There we go. All right. So, Rob Trigg, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> Very. I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> One time we were at, uh, at Disneyland. I was with a family friend of ours and his three kids. They're teenagers at the time. And we were, I was, we were, the, one of the kids went to the bathroom. So we're all just kind of sitting out hanging on a wall. So, <laughs> Two, one of the boys comes up to me and goes, oh, my God, you're you're Rob Trigg, aren't you? Oh, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? And he sat down and got a picture with me. And I'm like, okay, this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> and then the other kid comes over and goes, oh, my God, let me get your autograph. Get your autograph. And so I, I signed something for him. And I'm like, oh, this is good. So then my buddy Dave comes over and he goes, my family watches Love Star Wars. Absolutely love Star Wars. Thank you. It starts shaking my hand. Well, now a crowd of people are gathering around because they're at Disneyland. They're assuming that there's somebody famous there, right? This got so bad, so people would go up to them and go, who is that? Well, that's one of the writers of Star Wars. That's so and funny. So this little kid like, comes, you know, okay. this, this is when Star Wars was first bought by yeah. Disney. Yeah. So this little kid comes up, he's carrying his little lightsaber, and he walks up to me, and the people go, who are you? And I go, I'm nobody. <laughs> and they go, no, really, what you do is, so now I, either I play along or I just, just really yeah. get dumb. So I go, hey, you like Star Wars? That's that's really, let me see that, you know, I, I had him play with this, and they go, can we get a picture? So in somebody's picture book, somewhere yeah. in the United States or maybe across the world, there's a family with a little kid with a lightsaber. They're going, we just sat with the writer of Star Wars. <laughs> now we got this whole... The whole people, there's just a crowd around us, and I started getting scary because, you know, they don't play around with security at, at Disneyland. Yeah, so really. now, you know, I'm sure there was security watching, yeah. like, what's going on here? So I was, I just start walking, and the, like 30 people are following me, and the, the, the guys were behind me, like, take a right, take a left. I duck in this little store, and we cut across, and got a little scared because all of a sudden, you know, I could get in trouble, you know. To, so I caused a ruckus. So if you ask me who I am, that's the long way of saying I'm nobody. So, so uh, come on. So, Rob, we love that story. Yes. <laughs> so, you've been in the broadcasting business for how many years now? 1982. Wow. Wow. 1983. 83 years. is when I first, I think I worked for free in 82. And then in 1983, it was my first paycheck. And this was for a radio show. Yeah, I did radio here, and I've been in the Phoenix market my my entire oh, career. Mm -hmm. So I started on a radio station called Copa. It's now KSLX. Um, okay. Here. Oh, is it? It okay. was Copa back in the day. I was playing brand new Michael mm -hmm. Jackson. This one's called Beat It. You're gonna wow. like it. <laughs> wow. So cool. yeah. and, wow. And I was Robert Trigg. How dumb is that? Because you know, saying Robert. Trig, really quickly. Robert, Robert Trig. Trig. Robert Trig. So then, as I finally got smart many years later in my career, and said, "I'm just Rob Trig. I'm a nobody." So yeah, been in. Been in I was a radio disc jockey for. So how old were you when you started? Seventeen, eighteen, so really? seventeen. Yeah, just as a young kid. Yeah. And I worked for free. I did anything I could. I swept up. I, you know, I, you know, put records away. I called people up as a research. Person, anything I could do to get on the air, and uh, what was your 
you know, your reason for doing that? You just had this. Well, I wanted to be an Air Force pilot my whole, whole life. And I moved down here. Well, we'll back it up a couple of years. 1980, Mount St. Helens blows up. Yeah. Mm. We were living in um, Washington. And my mom says, we're out. We're going to Arizona where my parents are. So my, you know, and up there we had all the political connections mm. that you need to get into the Air Force Academy, oh. you know. So I come down here and I thought, well, okay, I went to, to high school, my last two years of high school down here. And then um, I went to stand in line at ASU at 17 years old. Mm. Now I'll just go to ROTC and become an officer that way. Well, I get to ASU that particular day and there is a line a mile long. And me being a 17 year old long haired freak said, nope, I'll come back another day. This is just too much. <laughs> Came back home and started watching Wallace and Ladmo the cartoon oh, that was on in the classic, afternoons here. Wallace and Lamb, I Yes. And, matter of fact, Pat McMahon, who is on the Wallace and Lamb, is still uh, uh, still a good friend of mine. But I'm watching this show, and a commercial came on. Wouldn't you like to be a radio DJ? And I'm like, that's it. And I, I changed my entire <laughs> career, and I went to this broadcast school called the Ron Bailey School of wow. Broadcast in 1982. From Air That's Force really cool. to broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I probably would have been a, a colonel, retired, yeah, just, you know, yeah. living the life by now. And now. Were you already friends with Rob, uh, not Rob, uh, Dave Pratt? Dave Pratt and I worked at a roller skating rink together when I was 16. Wow. He was uh, the DJ at 19 or 18, and I was, uh, I couldn't be a DJ yet because I was too young. So I handed out the skates. So if you rented <laughs> skates, you come give me your stinky shoes and a little <laughs> ticket, and I give you some skates. <laughs> And that was my That's job. Fine. So we've been together 40. So how did you guys start three years your now? show? Because you had that, uh, you were on the air together for yeah. how many years? Or did you guys For like... most of it, yeah. Yes. So uh, he he went, he was on KUPD, and you know, after I got my feet wet and being a, a jock, I came over and I worked worked with him because we were just buddies. And we, mm-hmm. you know. And wasn't everything on a handshake? Oh, always. Everything's on a handshake with Dave. Even business today, you know, he's he's quite the business mogul, and uh, everything's on a handshake. I love that. And um, we Long we've been trust. together. We're like an old married couple. Yeah, <laughs> we've been together longer than we've been married. Well, he's been best man at all my weddings. Put it that way. Okay. How many times have you been married? <laughs> what are you like, Elizabeth Taylor? How many? How many? Weddings? No, no, I've only been married twice. This is my second wife, and she's still with me for 20 years, coming up in December. Congratulations. 20 years. Congrats. Congrats. That's a big deal. Yeah. So how do you make it work? Uh, she's in that bedroom way down the hall. I'm in <laughs> this bedroom way down the hall. <laughs> you know how when you're first married, you... <laughs> you know, sex, you'd have sex in every room of the house when you're first married. <laughs> then you get used to each other a few years later, you're just mm-hmm. having, you know, sex in the bedroom. That's yeah. it. Well, now we have hallway sex. That's, <laughs> that's where we stand on either end of the hallway and yell, F you. <laughs> so she has her, her space. I have my space. Um, <laughs> I really, I don't, I, I don't, I always wanted to try this, not come home and see how many days it would take her to realize that I haven't been home. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> we, we're, we're roommates now. <laughs> yeah. That's the key to a good relationship yeah. right there. Yeah, oh, that it's, is, that's it's absolutely being, the key. Is having not, space? Not have space and yeah. be friends and then, you know, and don't be all over in each other's business. 
Mm-hmm. So you have your own privacy. You can do what you want. I do what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I really don't know if she would notice if I didn't come home for a couple of days. Because <laughs> she's doing what she wants. She's right? doing, you know, Whatever. she is an amazing actress and dancer. Oh, really? And she oh, teaches. Really? Yeah, she oh. uh, teaches and she's a choreographer and, oh, really? and teaches uh, theater dance. But she was cool. the youngest on point ballerina in New York Ballet. Company, really? 13 years New old. Wait, is, oh. is she friends with Cheryl Cooper? I was with her this yeah, morning. Yeah, she... she does she know? No, I don't know if she knows Cheryl. No. Okay. But she, you know, she's just a ballerina. So she has discipline mm-hmm. and I have none. You know, you could bounce a quarter off her stomach. It would get lost for years in mine. You know, that <laughs> she could eat one chip. I could maybe eat one bag of chips. So I don't, what she, you know, they say opposites attract. She's just complete opposite. Where does she teach? That's a good question. Private lessons, no. Oh, okay. She only does private okay. lessons, so, cool. you know, these families. I didn't know she was associated with Ballet Arizona at all. Well, no, she actually was, she quit ballet at the age of, I think, 18 because okay. uh, the discipline involved in ballet is absolutely amazing. And she's a right. tall girl, and they had, Is she like, taller than you? No, but she's pretty tall. She's, like, 5'8". Oh, know, she's and, tall. You know, she's okay. a tall girl. And um, they, in the ballerina world, they had to be at a certain weight. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but that was started eating her muscle because she had no fat. So she's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is not what something you know that's healthy for me, or I'm going to do anymore. Yeah, you know, it's... I'm not going to do it as a professional career anymore. So she uh, became uh, Miss Dance uh, Arizona, won that in oh, the early '80s, and then wow. um, took like third in the nation for that's you know that other kind of dance and like hip hop and all the other kind of dance. I don't think mm-hmm. it was hip hop back then, but no. uh, you know, like more free dance. And then she got into the theater and musicals is, was her thing. So I don't know. How did we get on my wife? God, she's got more. <laughs> wait, wait. This show's supposed to be about me. <laughs> wait, we need to hear the story about how you guys met. That's like the, exactly. that's the most important part. That's, that is. <laughs> all right. God, I'm just burning my soul. How did you mean? And then I was five. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I worked in radio all, you know, my entire adult life. I've been, you know, and Dave Pratt, uh, who many, if you're in the Phoenix area, you know who he was. He's the the original Howard Stern of Phoenix. But Mm -hmm. we were all together, and uh, one of his producers, uh, I was, I had just broken up with a girl, and I had done all these I was doing television commercials and I was making a lot of money doing television commercials and I was also doing dinner theater and I mm. liked it. And it was, you know, dinner mm. theater is like the bastard stepchild of real theater. You know, it's, it, it's just fun. You, and I was making like $50 a show or something. Why don't like we have that. that anymore? I love dinner theater. Oh, do you? Well, they're, they're still out there. I just haven't done it in a long time. But mm-hmm. so I said, I had broken up with a girl and I said to my buddy, I said, you know what? theater the real theater they do their shows every night for like three or four weeks i'm thinking if the if the dinner theater is paying me 50 bucks it'll be you know a couple three four hundred dollars a show well that's Mm. not the case in theater but i at that point said i'm gonna do theater and he goes (laughs) my sister is in the theater she she's a choreographer so I get on, I start flirting with this girl that I had met, you know, through the email at that time. And I, you know, we just were flirting back and forth. I said, hey, I'm really interested in doing some more theater. And she goes, hey, we got a show coming up. Why don't you come out here and audition for the show? So uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm, I've always done on film, film acting or, um, you know, commercials or dinner theater. So I've never had gone to a real theater. Hmm. 
So we get there, and there's a big audition line, and the people, you know, they they get me and they bring me in there, and they have me audition for the part. And it was uh, the director, her as the choreographer and the music director, and uh, I audition. They go, "Hey, we love what you do. Unfortunately, the director has, um, his her her friend is already got the part, but." We want you for the the lead role. Oh. Wow! Ah, and I'm like, yeah, and I, a, yeah, well, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I must have done well at this audition. Right, yeah. I'm like, okay, this this theater stuff's easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Marty, so did you have to sing? <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where it gets. This okay. is where it went all off the rails. <laughs> so they said you're going to sing and dance, and I said, no, 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 no. The, the, the character you just had me playing was this funny, you know goofy character I can do that I cannot sing and I cannot dance and I don't know which I'm worse at I'm you know I can't sing and I can't dance they go oh everyone can sing sit out in the green room so I'm sitting out on all these couches and watching these tons of people going in and auditioning and auditioning and now it's like two hours into this process and I'm like god I, I, I'm telling you I can't I can't sing. So they bring me in for this final thing and they send me over to the music director and he's on a piano and he goes, all right, everyone knows the words to happy birthday. Just ha ha sing happy birthday. So, so I'm like, happy birthday to you. He can't sing. He can't sing. He put his... But anyways, that, the, the choreographer happened to be my friend's sister and is now currently my wife. Oh, that's how that's I met her. Uh, that's, that's a cool way that and you so met you didn't, her. So you didn't do that part. Well, I found out that they don't pay in theater like I thought they did. You know, I was making mm -hmm. two, three, four, five thousand dollars a commercial. I thought, man, oh, yeah. weeks and oh, weeks yeah. of no, doing you, the theater. No. I'd be, I'll be making twenty, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a show. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you're like, Broadway. You know, yeah, yeah, a Broadway show, <laughs> exactly. You know, a local theater, and it's, you know, there's a few theaters, and that's where my wife works as some of the higher-end theaters, and uh, they pay, but uh, most of them do not. Or it's a stipend, you know, $50 or whatever. And so my my dreams of being this big theater guy, well, were crushed because I can't sing. And uh, but, but it turned out I, to be a good thing, yeah. because then you ended up, what, creating this uh, empire with um, Dave Pratt. Well, we, yeah, we could. So uh, about 30 years into our radio career, we, de we said, you know, this Internet thing is going to be kind of big. And so it was really we, smart. Yeah, it, it wasn't me. Believe you me, it was Dave. Um, <laughs> I was working at a, 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 a KTAR, which is a news station in town, and he calls me up and he goes, Rob, goes, don't think regular radio. And I go, hold on. And I went and I quit and I came back. I go, all right, I quit. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and he goes, you don't even know what we're doing yet. I said, I don't care if we're, we're starting a poop cleaning up business. I, I, I'll, I'll be hanging with you, buddy. <laughs> and so we, uh, he says, well, we think this internet. And so we started a podcasting company and no one had heard of what, what is podcasting? Yeah, when you uh, asked me yeah. if we wanted yeah. to put it on the podcast, yeah. and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so like, that was that? that. That was about 13 years ago, and ever yeah. since then we've had our our, um, our own studio up there in Scottsdale, and um, yeah, it's doing really well. And then as time it's went Star on, Star, Star World Worldwide Networks, Network. right? And that's where this show is being broadcast yes. right now. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, well, so. But the the people would come up to us, hey, you know, we love the podcast and we were really, you know, doing well with our show. But do you also do this? Oh, yeah, well, we'll send you over to the people that do PR over here. 
or you know the people mm-hmm. that buy radio commercials will send you over here or the, and then we started realizing hey we're better at that than than everyone and so we started our own advertising agency so the digital advertising agency you can still go to starworldwidenetworks.com and that's where it really took off and so so dave realized that again dave is we're an old married couple he's the one that's disciplined smart and a business guy and then there's goofy rob so he just has me in charge of the studio you're the funnier one yeah (laughs) i wouldn't say that no he's pretty funny but uh yeah he he has me in charge of the studios but you're funny i have no idea what i'm doing so (laughs) but you've been doing an amazing job for what did you say 13 years? Yes, now no, 13 years, going to the 14th year. Wow. Um, Impressive. And so, yeah. Wow. So when you guys would do your shows together, whether it was the radio, you know, um, or I know you filmed some shows, what was the content primarily? If somebody hasn't listened. Oh, okay. So in the early 80s, it was as rowdy and crazy rock attitude as you can get. Oh, cool. And, he, you know, as a matter of fact, Dave started out his career as the wild one. The wild one, Dave Pratt. And then he realized that. So Dave's always been a businessman. So he realized that, you know, calling yourself wild one or the crazy guy or whatever, it wasn't turning into big money. And Dave wanted to turn his career into big money. So he became, I think, Terry Goddard, the old uh, mayor of uh, Phoenix, called him the morning mayor. And so he changed oh, himself good. to the morning mayor, that's Dave Pratt. Good. And so yeah. that's, that's that's when cool. he really took off. And then uh, we... Um, no, shoo, what was I it? I mean, did 90? you guys create an outline when you guys would do your show? Or was oh. it just very, like, you know, off the cuff and, you know, you just I, I've always, I'm always off happened? the cuff. Dave is more, he's the one that planned the show, understood the show. And, I mean, it was technically his show. So mm-hmm. I was just the goofy guy that, you know, said stuff. <laughs> got, got us, I got yeah. us in trouble a lot. Because <laughs> within the green room, we when we first started out, we had... We would do an outline, and then um, uh, some, one of my co-hosts insisted because she came from Channel Fifteen, and she insisted that we have a like almost like all the questions already arranged. Yeah, there's and different people that do different styles. But I felt or... like I was reading, and I, and I, I really like. <laughs> it. I like it better like when you just go. It's natural. Your, yeah, naturally. I like it better natural. Um, the the, the one thing um. Um, see, you can tell I've been on <laughs> on the air for many years. One of the things that the the outline does do is helps you get out. I mean, the most important thing in radio is to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So mm-hmm. before I opened my mouth, I always knew the last thing I was going to say into a oh, commercial. Really? So I would start oh. babbling, you know, whatever oh, okay. my story, but I'd always have an out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people mm-hmm. are disciplined that way and have, you know, uh, an outline or at least some direction of where you're going to go. I used to do it in my head and then I'd get lost, but I always had my out. Like, I know we're just babbling about something right now that no one cares about. Here's my funny line. And we were out. <laughs> before well, the commercial. Yeah, well, we have yeah, different guests and sometimes guests want to have a complete outline and I meet them ahead of time and we, you know, do a complete yeah, outline and, and that's good. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, unless you're you know, spelling out every one of the words and they're reading, hi, my name is Rob. And <laughs> you know, that yeah. wouldn't be good. But, you know, you you can prepare people by saying, here, we're going to talk about A, B, C, and yes. D. Yeah, exactly. And they go, you know what? I don't want to talk about D. That was, you know, the, a bad part mm-hmm. of my life. That's and, you, you know, respect them and say, okay, we won't talk about D because, you know, that's, you know, something... 
And then you'll get more and more, you'll get your reputation of, of, you know, I'm a great interviewer because they talked about something I was interested in. So having an outline certainly helps your... So how come I didn't get an outline? You just said, come on down here. And what else are we going to talk about? You're the goofy man. You're the goofy man. Well, uh, we're always learning. You know, we're learning as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did do almost like scripted. That, not an outline. We A long time ago, we had a script. Oh, yeah. Oh, and so, yeah, it was definitely a script. It was very scripted. And I don't really care for the script, but I do like the outline. Yes. I do like the outline. Just, just kind of like a generic outline of like what topics because i have cover. i have yeah. seen that when yeah. like, from previous podcasts when we like tell people what we want to talk about and then they like say something that it's not really they don't really want to say it helps to make them more comfortable and all that type of stuff so they're not like dreading that they have to talk about that one subject if they if we bring it up so yeah, yeah it does help in that aspect. right and it yeah. prepares right. people so they yeah. know what you're talking about okay like how you prepared me Come on down. We'll just talk. <laughs> the ultimate preparation. So we, we just want you to be funny. And, <laughs> yeah, you, and yeah. you've been performing. Poke me. Poke me. Come on, monkey. <laughs> be funny. Be funny. Perform. What was your favorite episode of, of in your past? Of, of radio or yeah, radio, acting? Yeah, radio shows, or? acting, commercial. What, what have been your favorites? Like most memorable. One that you... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Getting kicked off the radio was always memorable. Um, you got kicked off the radio? Oh, many times. For what? <sighs> you know, the stuff we did back then was a different time, and uh, we did a bit called Learning to Spell with Darnell. Um, we would do... Uh, in, 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 what was that? <sighs> <laughs> oh, okay. that's you... that's a cancelable thing nowadays okay okay, okay. So, yeah uh but we would whatever we would do dave would go oh no no make it dirtier make it dirtier so <laughs> oh. we would always press it right up to the edge was this on am radio this was yeah in the morning on fm radio but FM, yeah, okay. yeah but am it was in the mornings and uh he would push it right to the point you know and i knew the owner was upstairs laughing because this was back when he had a local owner he was yeah. laughing, but was then it, they had Eden's? to punish us because of the the um, the clients or the the advertisers sure. would expect if we went that far. So Dave would, I wonder, would come down and goes, Dave, David, damn it, got to send you to Hawaii again. So they would fly him out to this private little place in Hawaii, quote unquote, punishing him for what he said on the radio. Uh, and then the, the the clients were like, okay, you punished him. It's okay. We'll continue being your advertisers. That's cool. But you knew the owner was up there just yeah, yeah. dying and laughing. Yeah. He's just laughing at what That's we were doing. What was the owner Gary Edens? Gary? No, it was Bob Melton and oh, Jack okay. Norris were the owners back then. This is the eighties, back okay. when we were start, start when we were doing the crazy stuff. I mean, because Gary Edens mm-hmm. has been on the show like three times, and I know he owned like I don't know. He owned uh, KOI. Was it Gary Edens owned? KFYI and KOI in that era. I know. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. He owned like ten radio stations. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I've met Gary. I've never. I hike with him. Oh, do you? I do. I oh, do. Yeah. And he's been on the show like three times. And, and there's a hiking group that um, I'm friends with. And actually, we're both going to uh, a funeral. Yeah. On, is it? The, oh, uh, nothing 30, brings people 30th? closer together than I a think funeral. so. Yeah. Yeah. So Gary Driggs, who was, yeah. on, who was on the show many yeah. times, dear friend of mine. That's how I met Gary Edens. But anyhow. So back to you and being funny. And <laughs> how do you learn to be funny? Because we want Owen Both says he wants to be funny. Well, that was the, the how thing. Does Owen I get feel funnier? like I'm just, I don't know. 
I'm just natural. I, guess. I think you. I don't. I don't is. try to be. I. I just. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just am who I am, and I, some people find it funny. So he is funny. My parents wanted to know what I was going to do with my life. Because I, she said that I came out of the womb cracking jokes and goof around, and never being serious. And when I approached him after seeing that commercial during the cartoon in that afternoon, I said, "Mom, Dad, I want to be a radio disc jockey." And they're like, "Oh my God, that's it! This is something this kid can do." They, they, they like. There's no way he could be a lawyer. He'd get up there and just goof around in the courtroom and throw him out. So, so yeah, my whole life I just kind of, you know, I was the kid, you know, that you know when the relatives were all gathered around for Christmas and they'd all be sitting. I, I had to entertain everybody. I would be the one who was right. always goofing cool. around, telling the jokes. I, they were the dumbest jokes in the world, but you know, Maybe I, laugh. I tried. I tried my best. So I pretty much came out performing. I love that. Yeah. Cool. So you Born just, it. it's, it's just a natural gift that you have. Yeah. And I suppose. So you just had a routine that was, I think, on the 21st, some comedy routine. How oh, yeah. That? How did that okay. go? Okay. So we're, uh, this year, uh, I lost my mother. I'm sorry. It was, that. yeah. It, it, I, I wasn't going to bring that up. You no. Know, yeah. Well, she was, uh, she's the one who pretty that. much gave my personality. Hmm. And during the process, it was a, a long process of mom. Um, we so knew. she was hilarious. She was. That's where I got my sense of humor from her and her father. And uh, so we, to, for me to cope with this, uh, I've always been involved in a, in, a, in a group called the Early Bird Sketch Comedy, Early Bird Special Sketch Comedy sh- sh- uh, Group. Um, and we, there's two of us. Backtrack real quick. That audition I did for that character that mm-hmm. the director knew turns out to be this guy that's going to end up being my partner in wow. comedy for many many years oh, later wow. Wow. he he got that job as that the one that they they said that she was gonna do so he and i still hadn't met him that mm. now many years later all of a sudden i'm filming a commercial for a college at um, a wildflower bread company and i'm filming with this girl and we do our you know one commercial and then the next group of people are coming in and this guy comes up to me he goes he goes hi i'm john i go i'm rob and he says, hey, I'm starting a, a sketch comedy improv group. And I said, I'm in. I, you know, there's one thing I can do. <laughs> no that's questions in. asked. Yeah. <laughs> I met this guy. Turns out this is the guy that had taken my job a couple years earlier when uh-huh. I had met my wife. So that and he so we've been doing the sketch comedy group for 20 years. Well, you, now these 20 years later, we've gone through many iterations of this group and people drop off and come on. There's about eight or ten and different people and getting people together to do a show where you're where it's not your full-time job mm-hmm. everyone has to work you know we're not making tons yeah. of money yeah. we're doing this for fun yeah. and just goofing just around enjoyment yes in phoenix yeah in phoenix okay. just a local thing in okay. phoenix so we decided and i'm going through the death of my mother and two mm-hmm. weeks before that his father died oh. and so we wrote this mm-hmm. show called are you tired of being offended and it is an it is what has happened collectively to everyone in the world for the last three years. Yes, yes. It, from from the pronouns to yes. the, yeah. the, the yes. men swimming on the team to, so we decided that it's just going to be the two of us doing like a two man show, and we brought another actress in, and it's two guys in an office, and the actress that plays uh, plays the HR lady, and 
we take off from there. I mean, it starts off with uh, him talking to me, and I'm on a Zoom call, and all the crap that goes wrong on a Zoom call. I froze. I got a little, you know, I got a different <laughs> yeah. a cat face on it. It just goes through this entire thing. I joined the women's swim team, <laughs> and during our show, we'll, I'll, I'll come running out with like 12 medals across me in a woman, women's bathing suit, and, and I'll say, I dominated, I completely dominated the meet, and run off stage. Well, then a, a, you a, a, a video. Women, you wear a women's swimsuit? Oh, this is interesting, but I, yeah, I, I, behind us, we have this big screen, and so the uh, the video shows me jumping in the pool and dunking the girl every time she come around and then swimming off and then come in. So I win the race handily just by beating on the girl or, you know, it's all in comedy. Yeah. And so the women's swimsuit issue comes up and he goes, well, you're going to have to go out and buy a women's swimsuit. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go to a, a women's swimsuit store and start trying on, on swimsuits. So I, I went online. You I wanted got, to go to Victoria's I Secret. I got the biggest swimsuit you could find, okay? And it fit perfectly except for the top. So this is, you know, it fit around me except for the top. So every time I got in the pool, it would just flop down. So now it's just loose. And I, so what we did on the film was we put a fuzzy bar across so my chest yes. so every time yes. I would stand up and th- there would be this fuzzy bar across it. So we, so that's, that's what we do. Or, or there was, you know, one thing where we're talking in the show. I go, this would be a great podcast topic. He goes, oh, you still have your podcast? I said, yeah, what's wrong with my podcast? He goes, I go, I have an amazing ability to articulate my thoughts with the golden tongue. He goes, yes, you have a gift to gab, and we go through this whole process. <laughs> then on the screen comes our podcast, and it was filmed in our studio. And, you know, big intro, and, you know, it was just amazing production technology. And then the camera goes on to us, and I start out the podcast by like this. I go, <laughs> and that's the entire the entire podcast but not only that underneath me we had all the words that it was saying like little fart sound and you know, it would just say what it was and at the very end the credits started rolling and uh, uh, right after the lights came back on you know we start talking normal but you know that's mm-hmm. all during the credits, and every every part of the credit was for a transcript of tonight's show. Please send nine ninety nine. All the sound was mixed down by this studio in London. You know, it was all about the sound and the audio, where the entire thing was mm-hmm. just me. Couldn't talk through the. So this this is some of the stuff that we had. So you did this whole thing so you could wear a girl swimsuit. I did this whole thing. Yes. There's there's a part there's a part where I have a heart attack on stage. Are you transitioning? Yeah, that's it. That's a part where I have a heart attack on stage and they go get a defibrillator. And they have to get a password for the defibrillator. And we can't come up with the password. So it was the entire thing of of us coming up with the password. Another thing that we've all been dealing with, we have so many passwords and how to get the new password. How to get the password sent to you. I mean, they gave us word problems. There's two trains leaving the station at 80 miles an hour, one from LA, you know, trying to get the password this. And the whole time I'm on the ground having a heart attack. And the the HR lady comes out. This is obvious COVID symptoms. Put on your mask. <laughs> and he goes, he goes. He's been boosted forty seven times. How could have this have anything to do with a heart attack? And I'm laying on the ground and going. Up. So yes, yeah, so we kind of wrote That's that funny. show as a whole cathartic thing. His dad passing away, and my mom passing away, 
and uh, we sold out the first show. How can we see it? Where, where is this show? Where do you It is over now. Um, we it's we not, sold no, so no, that. seriously, we sh- we sold out you're the first show, one more show, and then we did one more show because people were complaining. Oh, we want to bring our friends, and then we did one more show, and because I was done the first show, it was it was a, a cathartic thing. Get it out of my system, and I was done after dealing with my mom. So oh. on Saturday, we did a second and last show, and uh, that went well, too. Except for one thing did go wrong. At the end of this show, he said, we're going to have <laughs> a question and answer period. I'm like, who wants to know? You know, they've just been entertained. They just want to leave. You know, they don't want to have questions. He, I said, just let people go. And so I come out on the stage after the show and the entire audience stayed to ask us questions. Wow. And the one thing, one guy says, how much of this is ad-libbed? And they did not realize this. I go, well, the, the last four minutes were completely ad-libbed. And he goes, well, what happened? <laughs> well, there's a point on the stage, <clears throat> uh, and I don't know how how dark I can get on this 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 show. Yeah, you can say uh, whatever. I hope, I, and if I offend you, it's because this show was written to offend you, okay? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> If you if you recall, if you recall um, the I Love Lucy show, and you can I love I love Lucy. We can edit this out if if this doesn't make uh, make the air. No, 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 we can edit this whole thing. But the I Love Lucy show, if you recall, there's a there's a one scene where uh, Lucy was behind the door with a baseball bat, ready to hit the robber as the robber came through the door. But who comes through the door? Ricky, right? Yes. Okay, so the comedy is that the audience, from the view of the audience, is the audience was in on the joke. And you can get away with a lot more if the audience is in on the joke. Mm -hmm. So as we would do all our office stuff behind us on the, uh, what we supposedly saw on our screens was behind us on this giant screen. And he goes to me, you know, keep in mind we're two office guys. And he goes, hey, man, can you watch the phones? I got to leave home early. I got to go pick up some faggots on the way home. (laughs) And behind us on the screen, it says, um, faggots, a bundle of sticks, you know, (laughs) which is the definition of of that, to keep you warm. But the whole conversation is me going, what? And your wife is okay with, oh, she encourages it. (laughs) And I go, well, I've never done that before. I'd like to try it myself. He goes, yeah, come on by. And I go, wow, I never knew she was so open in a relationship. Yeah, she loves them. Keeps them warm at night and snuggling. And and I'm like, oh, my God. I go, well, since it's my first time, can I start with a smaller one? He goes, yes, you can start with a smaller one, but you have to insert a bigger one as it burns up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I go, well, be careful, wear protection. He goes, yeah, I got gloves on. <laughs> and he that walks off stage. That's peak comedy. So oh my God. I, at that point, I walk over and, you know, the, of course the audience is in on all this. And uh, I walk over and I read, oh, okay. And then I get the joke finally. Well, <laughs> the reason the last four minutes of this last show was um, ad-libbed, after my heart attack scene, it turns out that I have a big gas issue because... He had been messing with with sandwiches, so I'm supposed to run up to his desk, grab a sandwich out of the thing, and throw it in the garbage. Well, I grab the sandwich, and I knock his coffee over for real, and it goes all over his nice Apple laptop, which oh, is no. controlling Ooh. the big, huge screen behind Ooh. us. That goes blank. So this, this is real. This, this is, is not, real. Yeah. This is a real oh, mess oh, up. Oh, so yeah. now... We're doing the whole <laughs> scene yeah. I just explained to you without the explanation, without her <laughs> and the audience. And at this point, we're thinking, 
we could really offend some people yeah. and lose the audience here on this one. <laughs> and we, I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And now all the lines are coming. Thank God we practiced it a million times. Mm-hmm. All of them are on our hard drive and just coming automatic as we're trying to uh, hurriedly get this. So it's out of your memory. Now. Yes. So it's just whatever it was happening. We were, I, I'm an, I blanked out and I'm completely just saying our lines and, and we got out and we never did get the, uh, the screen back up and we just did the lines. The audience laughed. Thank God we didn't lose a bunch of people <laughs> thinking, God, how could they be making fun of somebody's sexual orientation right there on stage, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, uh, you ask if, uh, if I like ad libs, sometimes you have to, but for the most part, for a show to like that, that we've written that, but you wrote it. Cues. So you have it, you have it all written up. We write it. Yeah. There's an hour and How 10 minutes. How long did minutes, that take you? Hours. It took us about six months to write the show. Wow. Uh, and then, and of course, you know, the, the title of the show is, uh, are you tired of being offended? And, uh, when, we were, when we were writing it. Boy, were we offensive. And there's a lot of stuff that we <laughs> definitely, you know, on both sides of uh, <laughs> whatever aisle you're on, we were getting dirty and offensive. I and, want to and see that through. original script. Yeah, the original yeah. script where we kind of honed it all down yeah. to the hour monologue essentially was. And it was it was a one act that went, that lasted about an hour and ten minutes. So where can we go to see the video? Uh, there, the end of every show, we do a puppet show. Ooh. And the puppet show. I love puppet shows. Yeah, well, this is an interesting puppet show. <laughs> <laughs> so four guys come out, and we're obviously naked from the top. We have a big blanket covering us. The song starts, and out through where where we're standing mid-person, four puppets pop out and start dancing to this thing. And so uh, mine would always go limp. <laughs> So, what was his name? Yeah. <laughs> so that you can see. That is on uh, right now on um, YouTube. You could go to EBS for Early Bird Special, EBS Puppets. And that particular one was filmed at a comedy club many years ago. But we do all our shows. We always end it with the with the, the EBS Puppets. EBS Puppets. Okay. And we can find, like, how long is that gig? Oh, that's about a two minute. It's a two or three. It's a, it's uh, to the, the lion sleeps tonight. We do the whole song. Oh, oh cool. Okay. So cool. Yeah, yeah, EBS puppets show. I think I could probably look it up right now. That's cool. So yeah, that's so EBS all part of the, the improv comedy group that you. Put yeah, together? well, kind of like uh, my friend and I decided we just want to do it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And we did a two man show with uh, another actress, you know, playing the HR lady, but it was mostly him and I doing this, and we just. It was really more than anything. It was for us, um, but you know, we loved we loved doing it, and the, the crowd obviously loved it. We, we had who was doing the show. puppet show then? I mean, who? Yeah. Well, you had, you had like four, you said you had like four guys. <laughs> we did. So in, in our EBS show, we always hire these wrestlers that oh, come in, oh, oh. and they they will actually slam themselves through wooden tables. You know, yeah, like yeah, we'll yeah. be doing a bit, and we we'll go time out, cut. Time for a wrestling show, and they'd come out right on stage and just slam a guy through a table. I mean, these guys are insane. And they do it for like 25, 30 bucks, you know. So on this one, we had, so we had this big stud guy, big stud wrestler on one side, 
with this, you know, two guys are in shape. And then John and I, two fatties that are, you know, got the farmer brown tan and we're on the other end. And that's where the comedy ensues. That's so funny. And so, yeah, if you look up EBS puppets, you'll see this. That was done years ago with some other actors. But this particular one had this total stud wrestler guy, you know, just the perfect body. And then mm. on the complete opposite, there's Fatty Rob on the end going, Woo! and then my puppet never works quite right. So I have to have help from John, who's standing next to me, and then <laughs> comedy How ensues. How's this puppet operating? Is there somebody back there, you know, with a little... Uh, yeah, that's that you'll have to figure puppet. out yourself. Everyone go to EBS Puppets. <laughs> I'm excited about this EBS Puppets. And then when we puppets. finally do drop the cloth, we're all standing there, and everyone's got their puppet at attention and mine <laughs> mine of course is just hanging there <laughs> in a lot of a lot of Great limpness right that's so funny wait so that's it for the improv for like you guys aren't doing any more shows or well he always says that he well, said that last time the the it he would be back all... with the whole improv group which will be mm-hmm. eight eight actors and trying to get us all together we usually end up doing a couple shows a year and mm-hmm. so where it's are you just performing not... these shows typically? well this particular one this is an interesting place uh it's called uh it was called the power square mall it's at power road and oh. baseline it's an actual mm. old mall mm. and in the, this this school called lumos academy where they do teach the arts Oh. All these artists and stuff come there. Mm-hmm. They have this black box theater, oh, and so yeah. we do it right there in an old yeah. abandoned mall. Cool. There's a there's a complete theater, and so uh, cool. that was the you know we've done it at the NCT National Comedy Theater or, or Neighborhood Comedy Theater in Mesa. They're great. They they do improv. That's all they do mm. is improv, and so we'll rent their studio or their excuse me their theater, and we'll do it there. And then we did it at another theater for many years. But this is, I think, going to become our home, the one out at Power. Your favorite one. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Okay, um, so when's the next routine that we can all come see? Probably not until, oh, well, you on. know what? We have the Pratt Brothers Christmas coming oh, up. Oh, we tell everybody yes. about that. This is amazing. So uh, seven, mi- se- yeah. seven, my, 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 my buddy that I've been working 40 years in radio, his Dave two Pratt. boys, yeah. won the national Christmas uh, light fight on ABC television and they what? had been decorating yeah. their house for years and yeah. now they're young men in their 20s that have taken it to a bigger level and are doing it professionally so last year we did it out at Bell Bank Park and this year we are at uh, Rawhide so we've taken over the entire town of Rawhide <laughs> and south and Chandler there and it's seven million lights Wow. There's a parade wow. every night. There's train rides for you know everyone to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drive an, a Model A car around the park and give people rides. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my acting for the next three or four months. Oh. As I get so ready that, for that does that start like after Thanksgiving? Or yeah, right after Thanksgiving and and goes through what the runs end of through January? Christmas through yeah through the end of uh, December. Wait, so, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty big. Doesn't deal. it also go on the radio or something? Or is that a different thing? Because wow. I like heard a, on the radio about lights, and we drove to it, and then it was like in correlation or something. Well, yeah, the, the, it it the, the, what they're really good at is everything dances, fire and um, mm-hmm. snow effects, and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's a massive That's undertaking cool, yeah. from doing a house to doing an entire town. Yeah, it's it is, is unbelievable what they're doing, and so they're. Do they physically at, do it themselves? 
they they and a crew, yeah. Uh, have the, a big crew. Yeah. They call it one software, one hardware. So the one guy programs all the lights. That's Kyle, and he programs the lights. He does all the uh, creative stuff that way. Mm-hmm. Sammy, his brother, does all the building. Yeah. So they build the rides, and, okay. and there's there's a parade there every so day. Cool. Wow. And people love it. So um, I got to show you here in the studio. They we won't hear get. it on the um, the show, but I'll show you a picture of me when I'm driving this car uh-huh. around, and you'll see what I so what I do. It's in Mesa. It's in Chandler. Chandler. Okay, it's in Chandler. And right. how did he, they get this light show onto the ABC? Oh, the the ABC show was was the they won the ABC contest. That was at their house, and so that oh, okay. was the catalyst that mm. says well, we want to do this. Do, I propelled them to want to do ABC? the. I never saw that. that yeah. it, it happens every year. It's a, show? it's a national television show. They oh, won okay. the entire thing last year. Wow. Um, so for the Christmas light, for the Christmas lights, and that's not for it's it's for the not for the little town, but for the that's for their own personal house. They won it. It's a big contest, you know, a reality show kind of contest, and they won the entire thing across the country. People, you know, put lights and everything on their houses. So this was uh, something that was the catalyst to put them into um, to that's what they're going to do for a career. That's super cool. Wait, that's what the two the boys are doing for their career? That's yeah, their career. They, they this will hired. be every year. They could get hired. They could travel around the country doing things like this. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, yeah. yeah. So like if you if our look if you're into Christmas and Christmas lights, mm-hmm. I I think it's like twenty nine dollars and everything in there is free except for I think pictures with Santa is it's a whole different uh, business there. Mm-hmm. But everything is included. Train rides and, and you know, except for food and drink, you know, mm-hmm. you can buy all that stuff while you're there. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing what these. And did it that is it crowded? Cool. Do a lot of people go out and see it? Oh yeah, it's crowded. You can come out on a Friday, Saturday night. It's packed. Oh, that's so. Oh, nice. it's it's yeah. These guys grew up at Disneyland. These, uh-huh. these was, uh, this was the family that came up and started messing with oh, me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, so they they they've Full been. Circle. And a matter of fact, yeah. I think Disneyland wanted to hire them out of college, but. They decided to do their own thing, so this is kind of uh, super cool. Their deal, so it, it's it's really from the end of November through through December, through the month of December. If you're in the Phoenix area, it, yeah, this definitely, is something you definitely want to see. Show, all right, we'll all support. go as a group. We'll all yeah, go as sure. a group. That yeah. sounds super fun. Oh, it's really cool. it's a lot of fun. So, what's on your bucket list? What is going to happen next? We have ten minutes left. Dominic, do you have any questions? Not at the moment. My bucket list. I think I've hit most of the stuff on my bucket list. I mean, like what's going to be in the future? I, you know, I like acting and and doing the comedy stuff. I do. I, I've done some movies. Like I have two movies that are out on Amazon right now. Really? Oh, really? They're two Western movies. Oh, okay. One's called Bite the Dust, and the other one is called What's uh, that one about? Road to Revenge. Uh, the Bite the Dust. That's uh, two bounty hunters that. Um, save some children in the old west mm. um Ooh. i am playing a drunk character which i'm known for this is uh oh. called glenn fittick like the booze yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> when i when i did perform at rawhide i always played this drunk cowboy so they hired me for this movie and then the other one is called um isn't it glenn the Levitt? road to revenge there's glenn levin there's glenn fittick yeah right <laughs> so um yeah, yeah. the other one i play uh 
a marshal that you could pretty much murder somebody at his doorstep and he is given up. He just does not care. Oh, yeah. So between the big gunfights, I'm kind of the comic relief on this movie. I like it's it. Called this, uh, Road to Revenge. It's on yeah. Amazon if you want. Really? Road are to these, Revenge. Are these local productions? They are. They These were both were filmed at Rawhide. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow! So, but they've gone on international. It's funny when you when you get some guy Who's in Germany producer? do uh, a guy who used to work at our studio's name is Ed Vanderlee, and George oh, Nelson. Ed? Ed and George are oh, Ed's producing. Amazing. Yes, you. So you know Ed. Okay. Yeah, Ed's great. Yeah, so Ed, uh, they had put together this. They got the funding, and of course, they had to hire their buddy Rob to come out there and play his dumb little character. I love that. Yeah, I, so I always cool. have fun. So I used to think uh, that that's what I wanted to do for a living, do the movies, but it's just, it's a lot of standing around waiting for the lights and yeah, the cameras yeah. and all that. So it's not... But that's fun. So yeah. so, so yeah. does Ed feel like he's going to do a lot more movies? Because I'm sure he'll... Well, it all depends on getting the financing. I mean, yeah. when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. it's getting financing. And even in Hollywood, I mean, you, you remember in the 80s, uh-huh. 90s, and the 2000s even, there was all these rom-coms, these romantic comedies. Well, those don't make money. For Hollywood anymore. Everything you see that comes out of there is a blockbuster. It's the Marvel movies. It's yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. And it's all true. CGI. It's not the stories that they used to be able to make. Well, so, you know, the the um, Sleepless in Seattle's and those kind of movies are done on a local level. And to do it big time, you need hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, what, what did they say? Indiana Jones, the latest one, it was, they said it lost money and it's made mm. like $350 million, but had to make a billion just to break even. That's how big the movie yeah. industry is now. Yeah. What about the TV industry, though? They still do sitcoms are still popular, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, but now, you know, I mean, where do you, you have, when was the last time you actually turned on your television? Yeah. yeah you're watching There's so it. many, like, streaming There's services. There's so many right. streaming services, you know, it's not like it used to be. No. And that's the same way why we got out of radio. Yeah. I mean, yeah. radio yeah. days, you know, that that's that was it. Podcast. I mean, when I When I was on the radio, we had a live sporting event or a concert, mm-hmm. television, radio. Yeah. That was it. If you wanted to play a video game, you went down to an arcade and put in a quarter. You know, so back then you had maybe 40 radio stations and 10 television stations. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot easier to gain a massive audience. Whereas today, they can't do that. And they have to buy these big clunky transmitters. So that's why we decided this podcasting thing that no one had heard of was going to be a big deal. Who's the most watched it, uh, Joe Rogan. Yes. Yeah. And 11 million yeah. people are listening to his podcast. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at now. The yeah. broadcast industry is dying. A slow, painful. Did you ever think of like going to Hollywood to get into TV, sitcoms, or anything like that? Yeah. Because you obviously would yeah, be natural I, for a, sit, you know, a sitcom. I can I, see you. I just, I, I never, I'm, I'm a nester, I guess. Yeah, okay. I just mm-hmm. stayed here in Phoenix. Yeah. I came out here in 1980, and I've been here ever since. The roots. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, you know. Yeah. I, I think I could have tried it, but there's a million yeah, talented people yeah. Yeah. that are a waiting lot. a lot of tables. There's a lot of restaurants yeah. in, in there because they got workers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here, you can't get a restaurant. We <laughs> like, we're all, you know, see help wanted here, but in, <laughs> in L.A., everyone's got enough waiters, yeah. you know. Very true, and they're all... Yeah, but, and they're yeah, all they're all very talented, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's all in who you know. It's who you know. It's who exactly you know. who it is because... Do I tell you that all the time, Owen? Yeah. And the neat thing about doing what I do is like... Because not to be mean or anything, but I know a lot of really famous people and people that are, you know, and Owen will meet them. 
And I'm like, Owen. It's who you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Yeah, it is. It's it's a and it's a political business to be in that too. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta be mm-hmm. you gotta know you gotta kiss the right ass. The beauty thing about, you know, doing what I do and I don't count on it for my money is that I just every time I sign on to a project, I'm having a ball. Yeah. I am having yeah. fun. fun yeah. Otherwise, why do it? It's not that's, where I make my good. money. Yeah. You know. So Well, you if you do your passion, whatever yeah. your passion do what you is, love. Yeah, that's what do what makes, you right. love. Right. And, and yeah. for a special. living, yeah. I do voiceover work. That's what I do for a living. That's where I, you know, oh, work is. But okay. it's still fun. It's still fun for me to to do do voices and and do commercials and whatever else that I can do. It's I cobble together a career that way. But when I'm goofing around, it's, you know, like if we couldn't write our own show and if we were censored on everything we did, it would oh, be so watered yeah. down, it would not even be funny anymore. Yeah. And so not fun. It wouldn't be it fun. It was not fun. It wouldn't be fun. Correct. Unless somebody paid me millions and millions of dollars, then yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll, I'll lose a lot of weight and become that perfect body to become Superman for a, a week, of course. But you know, when you're just doing it for fun and just having fun. So, do fun. you think all those writers deserve more money with the whole strike and all that? I kind of understand why they're going. You know, they got that whole uh, AI thing. AI, yeah. AI is scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my, I'm luckily at the end of my career mm-hmm. where I'm close to retirement. But I would be worried because they can take my voice and just start typing into yep. a computer and it will sound exactly like me. It is crazy. crazy. And do so, well with it, though. This the strike is pretty much over. They could do a commercial sound just like that. me. It's pretty much over, the strike. But is they it? can't yeah. do that if... Oh, if you go if you, on YouTube you right now, there's that famous, and I can't remember the voice guy's name, that did almost everything. You'll hear them, him doing you like, how did they hire this guy to do this? They didn't. It's AI. AI it's AI, mm. and it's amazing. It's how scary it, how the possibilities are. And it's with that. getting yeah. closer it's and really... closer. I mean, you can still kind of tell. But there's a little bit of ro- there's, there's a little, little bit of, robot, yeah. of robotics, so but that's only going to get better and yeah. better. You yeah. can't. It's it's out of the bag. That's so, right. So they can't make a so log writer anymore. Writer, that's what the writers open. Writers, um, if you go and say, write me a 500 word essay on why headphones are comfortable. Two seconds later, you'll have a beautifully yeah. written essay. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's I say, yeah. if you're a young person right now, take care of your body because the person, the doctor mm. that's going to school right now to take care of you when you're older is cheating his way through college. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so take care of your body. <laughs> you better be. You better be in great shape because so you the guy who's left. learning to be a doctor <laughs> is all doing it with AI. So they don't really know what they're doing. I'm kidding, of course. Of course, of course, yeah. So, no one, no one's cheating. So no. you have two no. minutes left. We have two minutes left. Does anybody have a question for Rob? Out of all the things you've done, like commercials, uh, radio, what was your favorite? And what, like, what really wow. stood out to you? That's a good question. It made you the happiest, I, I would say. Like, what made you happiest? This is gonna blow your mind. The dinner theater. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Why? Because the character I played was the drunk cowboy. Oh, and that's what I could, Yeah, I could get away <laughs> okay. with anything. There was one uh, one guy, this restaurant hired me, and we are doing the thing, and uh, I would come out with their dessert, and I'd put it down in front of them, and I'd start touching it and play. i go, oh, sorry, I messed that up, and I'd be full. <laughs> and before I'd laid, a, I'd laid a cloth on his back, and I'd start rubbing it off, all the cake on his thing. And... To be so continued. Saving so the planet. Fun. 
one show, show at a time. time. Rob Trigg, to be continued. <laughs>